We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what rich culture is about. About, about, about. You are listening to Brunch Culture. Welcome to episode 15. As always, my name is Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ms. Lisa Victoria. What's up, y'all? All right, y'all. So y'all know how we do it here on Brunch Culture. We like to dive into a weekly review. This week we had... Uh, some pretty amazing things happened. A couple number ones happened, and unfortunately, some sad news. Lisa, Lisa, kick it off with our first piece of news. Well, um, this week was a big, big, big week for um, artist Lecrae, who is a Christian hip-hop artist. Um, he was the first ever Christian hip-hop artist to score the number one album um, in every um, on the Billboard Hot 200, so not just gospel, not just Christian, every genre, he was number one, selling 88,000 units, which was a big deal. Um, he was also featured on Jimmy Fallon, which was another big, big deal. So he's blowing up. Congratulations to Lecrae. This is, I believe, his seventh album, and I have the album, and it's phenomenal. So he deserve, he definitely deserves that number one spot. So congratulations, Lecrae, on that number one spot and making history this week. One time, and your new Lecrae is definitely flat, brother, so got to give a special shout-out to him for that, that big achievement. Um, also, another uh, big number one this week was the movie No Good Deeds, starring uh, Idris Elba and Taraji P. Henson. They, it's a suspenseful thriller, and it racked in $24 million in the first week. It actually only took $35 million for them to make the movie. And at this point, an update uh, from the, the first weekend sales were, were $24 million. But throughout the week up until, I want to say Friday, they had made $39 million. So just in the first week, they actually covered everything that they they spent on the movie. So that's a, it's a really big deal. Lisa, did you check that movie out? Yeah, I saw it. It went all that. Um oh. But, I mean, shout-out to Taraji and Idris. They did – I mean, they acted the best they could. They were good, you know, but it just – the plot was stupid. Um, no, I definitely got to agree with you. I actually I – wor- I wasn't interested in seeing the movie at all. Decided to see it just because it was a hype. You know, I'm trying to keep up with my pop culture, and I was like, ah, I should check it out just for the sake of it being a conversational piece, conversation piece went to see it, was pretty darn disappointed that I saw it. I wish that, you know, I would have just waited to hit the red box or maybe hit HBO or, you know, it just, uh, I couldn't get over the fact that, and I don't want to tell people the movie, but I kind of got to. When she let him in the house, invited him in, I immediately say, this is not real life. This will never happen, (laughs) ever Ever, ever, ever. And then somebody, I posted it on Facebook, and somebody tried to argue me down that she was in an emotional state and her husband didn't care about her and on and on and on. At the end of the day, no single, no woman that's home by herself with two 
uh, little children is going to invite some strange man in your house. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's not realistic. And I, I think, you know, there were parts that were like, oh, it made you jump. But I just felt like she still kind of did stupid things that, you know, I just don't think she should have done. So I don't know. You guys check it out. Let us know what you think about it. Chat, hashtag chat DC. I thought it was pretty stupid, but, you know, maybe some people will convince us as to why it wasn't. Yeah. Y'all let us know because maybe I missed something in it, but I didn't. I wasn't really all that impressed with the storyline. Yeah. But, hey, we all are entitled to our own opinions, not our own facts, as they say. Right. In other news, Adrian Peterson is suspended from the Minnesota Vikings for child abuse charges. Um, and this just goes along with the domestic abuse with Ray Rice and now Adrian Peterson. Ray Rice with his then fiance, now wife, um, and now Adrian Peterson with his son beating his son. Now, I'm a proponent of spanking. I am. I was spanked as a child. I turned out right. I believe so. I think I'm okay. Uh, others may disagree. I mean, you know, but who are they? Who are they? Ain't nobody. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, it, it, some say he went a little bit too far. I saw the whips. But, I mean, I am going to say that the child, I believe, was light-skinned, and you hit somebody with light-skinned, and it's going to show. Oh, Lord. So that, that could be a possibility. I don't know. I just know. I was thinking as a child, I'm okay. And I don't. I mean, I'm having a hard time believing he would have injured his child in light of the fact that his his child um, was beat to death by his his uh, child's mother's boyfriend just last year. Well, it, it was a few months ago. His, so I would have a hard time believing that someone who just lost a child from being abused by his um baby mom's boyfriend would beat a child harshly. But that's just me. Yeah, so I think I, I'm actually I think this has uh brought some good national discussion and I think that we are possibly getting into some areas and getting into some good conversation about what's proper what what it means to properly discipline a child. And I, I think that, you know, there are things that Charles Barkley actually made a statement about it, and he pretty much said that, you know, this is the standard from the South, and it's something that you have to – people have to understand that it is almost a cultural thing for people, for people in the South, particularly African Americans in the South, you know, this is something that happens. Um Going to the switch, I know I've definitely, as a kid, went to the tree, pulled off a switch, and, yeah, had got it laid in on me with switches and a number of other things about it. And I, while I say, while I, I am one that says, you know, you know, punishment in that way has definitely stopped me from being this type of person or going these type, this type of places, I do, I do have to, when you look at the ages, Adrian Peterson case, I have to say, well, this kid was four. Like, I'm not sure that the punishment that this four-year-old received should have been given to a four-year-old. And I also 
it's something that a lot of people don't talk about because I don't think a lot of people understand. You have to, those types of punishments or, or, or spankings or beatings or what have you, they address particular, they, they kind of counter your environment. And I don't know Adrian Peterson's son's environment, but I can only imagine that his his environment, the people that he, he encounters, they probably aren't violent people. Um, he probably doesn't have to deal with a lot of external violence or a lot of negative forces that are driving him to do something. So I kind of don't really understand why he would have received that type of beating in today's time, given all of the access and the resources and things that he had. I look at, you know, people that come from a certain environment and area where there probably is a high crime rate and you have a lot of potential opportunities to get involved in some negative things. I just think that if it had not been for my mom's iron fist, you know, coming down on me, there's a lot of things I probably would have got into because I felt like, well, at the end of the day, she's just going to tell me not to do it anymore. But for me, it was like, no, at the end of the day, you don't know my mama. She's crazy. I ain't going to be able to do it. I'm sorry. Call me what you want to, lame, soft, whatever. You don't got to deal with Amy like I got to deal with Amy. So you stay over there. I'm going to stay over here, and we're just going to be able to do it. So, but, again, I think we're caught, it starts a great discussion. We're having great discussion. I love when we can – when something happens and we have good dialogue and needed dialogue so people can kind of understand – uh, both sides and people become more aware of things that they're not exposed to. So I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's, that's a, a great thing, but we're going to go ahead and dive into our main topic today. Our main topic is talking versus texting. What's the proper way to communicate? And I just have to say right off the bat that I'm going to take the talking um, perspective. I, I, believe in my heart that talking is better than texting. I hate texting long conversations. I believe texting is just for like, hey, you're going to be here at five? Okay, cool. Short little messages or sending something funny, but not whole conversations. That frustrates me to know it. What about you, Randall? So, of course, I believe that texting is the communicate the way to communicate in today's time. I think when we look at uh, wireless phones, devices, they used to have just the number pads and you had the little letters on there so you can type out those short messages like, hey, I'm going to be there, and it wasn't there. But then they develop, they start implementing full query keyboards. And now that we have those, I believe that text messaging today is what letter writing back in the 18, 18, 17, 18 early 1900s were. People wrote letters. People used their typewriters, and they typed letters, and they sent them out. In essence, we're doing the same thing. We just have mobile devices that allow us to do it. So I'm a proponent of text messaging. I think that it's great. Now, do I think there are limitations and certain rules on those things? Absolutely. But I do believe, honestly, I would not be able to have – the number of updates and conversations and staying apart and being plugged into my friends and family members' lives if it wasn't for text messages. I just don't have enough. I don't have time to sit down and have a phone conversation with 20 people in one day. I don't, but I have time to talk with 20 people through text messages today, every day. I think it's good. See, here's the thing. 
I get what you're saying. And I understand you're talking about these letter writing. But I just think that we lack in this generation communication skills. I find that people just don't know how to have a conversation anymore. And I think those things are cultivated through talking with people verbally. I I, I don't necessarily like to have – I get the whole letters. People still send letters. People send emails, all that stuff. But it's not an instant response. You have to wait. So what does the waiting do? I I feel like it's just a, it's different. I think it's apples and oranges. I don't think texting and sending a letter back in the 1700s is the same thing. Really? I think I mean because in essence it's a it's a form of like written documented communication. That's what we're doing. It's if I text you, hey, Lisa, today I did, I washed my car and went and ran five miles. And if I wrote that in a letter to you and sent it to your house, the only difference is we just have a lag in time in which you received it and you told me how you felt about it. But it's pretty so much wanna, the same thing. So you one of those people who like to call. I mean, when people – see, I'm one of those people who when I call you, if you text me too much, I'm gonna just call you, cause I'm not. I'm, I'm get. I get tired of this whole. Let's go back and forth. I'm gonna just call you, cause I don't, I don't have time. Especially if it's long. You want those people who went and answered the phone? Um, I'll probably answer the phone, but then I'll tell you why I'm texting you, and that I'll text you as opposed to sitting on the phone with you. And I only say that because, oftentimes, in having a text conversation you're doing something else or you're in a place where you're not able to pick up the phone to have a, a telephone conversation. So you can whoop out your cell phone and shoot a text message, still get that idea out, and you're able to bounce back and forth. In 2014, the average young professional has to multitask. They have to juggle. We have to juggle, you know, uh, busy schedule, busy life, a lot of demands, professional demands, social demands, and, you know, personal ambition, ambitious demands. Like, we have a lot of things going on. So in order for us to stay up with what's going on, we have to be able to pop in and pop out of conversations. Text messages allow you to do that. Like, text messages allow me to – so in the morning time, my com my commute to work, I have the system – that I kind of set up, and this is how I get my morning communications going on. So if I was having a conversation through text the night before that I fell asleep on, wasn't able to respond to, what have you, or I'm starting starting up conversations in the morning based off something that I'm I'm seeing, I saw as I was getting ready, something I heard on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show as I'm getting dressed, I heard on CNN or read while I was waiting on the Metro in the article, and I start a conversation, what have you, I, I'll respond to the messages as I'm sitting on the metro. Send those messages out. While I'm going through tunnels, which generally I, I lose reception, people that I send it to, hopefully, ideally, and oftentimes it works out that way, they're responding to my message. Once I get to the next stop and I get reception, all of those things come in, and while I'm going through the next tunnel, I'm able to respond to all of them and shoot them back out 
once I get to the next stop. So it's kind of a bit of a process, but you think about it, in that in one morning, just the other day, I got through about seven conversations, productive conversations by the time I got to the office. Perfect. Great. I knew what was going on with this situation that I just had a conversation about, which was a phone conversation the day before. We just had a text conversation about this. I know how this person feels about this issue that we've been talking about. I've been able to plan this. I've been able to set up plans to go to do lunch. I've also been plan- set up, able to set up plans to meet for happy hour. Like, it just makes things more productive. Imagine if I didn't have text messages and I can only rely on picking up the phone to call all seven of those people. My day wouldn't have been as efficient as it was. See, I get that. I, I, I do meetings. I set up meetings. But my thing is, here here it is. Here it is. I do not, I do not have like to have long conversations. Texting, business, multitasking, I'm cool. But this is the thing. This is, this is why my friends get upset with me. You can text me something, and if it's long, and I know, and, and and you're not able to call. If I'm not able to reach you by phone, I just won't respond. <laughs> but that's not like 2014. In 2014, we have the luxury. You think about it. So I remember having a, a disagreement with one of my friends through text message, right? And I uh-huh. remember sending out the message that was. A very long message. Uh, had it not been an iPhone, it probably would have came in like six different messages on another phone. But she got the long message, and her response was, you just sent me an essay. It's going to take me time to read it. And my response was, well, hopefully, as a young professional, you're used to reading uh, articles, <laughs> news updates, long messages in some form so this should just be added to the top of your to uh your list of things to read for the day you don't got to respond instantaneously respond when you want to so when people are just like i feel like it's too much with you when i have to read these long behind text messages well my question is what else are you reading are you reading anything else i would hope i would imagine that you're reading something to keep yourself sharp what you just told me is you're a self-centered texter That's what you just showed me in this conversation. You want me to stop and read. And I know you're a self-centered, because I'm a self-centered texter. If I take the time, if I take the time to text you back, and it happens to be a paragraph, I'm expecting you to read that immediately, because you already know I hate texting. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, I, so I just think it's. It's effective. It really is. I think it is, but it's not effective. You know what makes me hate text messaging? People who argue via text messaging with me. There is no greater way to make me mad than to have a full argument with me via text. Because (laughs) it's these people out here that I know that will, in mid-text argument, stop talking. That's true. That, that, see that 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 irks me to my soul. <laughs> to your soul, wow. So <laughs> I I get you know what, and I will say that having an argument, a disagreement, 
heated discussion, whatever you want to phrase it as or whatever it is, through text messaging is not the best. I will give you that. And I'll say that because I realize that there are oftentimes the context, the, the tone in which someone delivers a message or gives sends the message out, that's important into how you receive it. Through text message, you don't have those things. I mean, we have, you know, whether I read it, wrote it in all caps or typed it in all caps for you to feel that I'm angry or me to put emphasis on it or whether I just typed it in normal typing, uh, lower and uppercase letters. I, we have that, but we don't have the the sincerity or the t- being able to feel or hear the tone behind it. So that can get that form of of communication can get lost it, it lost in translation. So I believe and that for- text arguing through text message is not the best, but simply to share level-headed ideas. Hey, we we have how one of my friends uh texted me the other day and asked me how I felt about uh, the Adrian Peterson situation, and I responded, "Hey, I'm on the metro. It's going to take me a while to. Re- I'm, I'm going to lose reception. It's going to take me a while to respond." I so I would have said, "Call me." <laughs> I would have said, "Miss." I would have said, "Miss me with all that." Call me. <laughs> but no, I got, I was able to get it out. Like I was literally able to focus on my response, get out my feelings, and when I send it out, and she responded, and she was like. Oh, I'm, that's actually great perspective. I hadn't thought about it that way. I hadn't considered it that way. Let me tell you how I feel. Now the conversation ended up going into a phone call because I started to drive, but I think that it was effective. Like I was, I was able to get out what I had to say, and and she was able to get out. And so for me, with this whole talking versus texting thing, I just think that we. I can say, hey, you know, you prefer one and I prefer another, but I just don't think that we can dis- we can count out text messaging because text messaging is effective. I need a class, though, because this is a thing. Like, I had a conversation with my friends, and we were talking, and I missed and put something in all caps, and he said, why are you yelling at me? I said, what are you talking about? See, this is the thing. I miss all that. I miss, I don't do that. I don't do this whole, like, shorthand. I'm I'm not used to that. I don't know what the, I'm the kind of person, I will accidentally put explanation points behind everything instead of period. <laughs> and people will get mad. See, this is the kind of thing. That's what, I'm like, why are you mad? Now we arguing. I don't know why we arguing. You talking about you yelling. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just like, I'm not yelling because I'm typing. What? What? So, that, so basically, that, you need grammar for text messaging classes. I'm pretty sure it's no, out there some way. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm. I'm in school. I'm right paper. <laughs> I am not going to sit here and proofread text messages. This is why talking tone is important. Half of the arguments that I've gotten into has been because somebody misinterpreted my text messages. And see, that's the thing. That's like, so you're causing me problems. And I feel like I've had two-hour conversations with people that really could have been condensed into a 10-minute phone conversation. Why does it have to prolong? You got to explain what I just explained. You got to go in detail. It's just too much. Then I got to wait for you. Then I'm frustrated. This is what I do. When people send me long 
And I, people come to, I mentor some people, and they'll send me these things and ask me, what do I think? And I tell them, call me if they want to reply. Because you're asking, you're, you just, you want too much. That's not 2014. Lisa B, that is not 2014. In 2014, you should be able to write, it is, you said you write papers? I've learned yes. that text messaging is just like you typing your paper. It's your typing. But I hate paper. writing papers. Oh. See, you do, you making me do more what I hate. I you're shouldn't be doing it. A, you're typing an opinion piece. This is like view it as an entry for your blog. This is what it is. This is another entry uh, for your blog. It's a it's an opinion piece. You're giving your opinion I, on said topic. Miss me with all that. Miss me with all that. <laughs> I, um, um, I, well, let me be back in the 2000s. I just feel like, I I don't know. I just start sending people, really, my worst thing is, though, people get mad all the time. I just do not respond to text messages. I will look at them, and I don't respond, like, wow. for days, weeks. And then they'll see me, and they'll be like, so you don't respond, but you can write a Facebook status. Yes, I can. Because that's 160 characters, and that's not a response. I don't even sometimes respond to people writing on my status, because that's it's just, it's it's for you. Look, we not we not conversating. This is what I, I people don't get response from me, but I'm trying to do better. I need I need a class. Yeah, I'm gonna please converse with the people that you that respond to you on your social media and through text messages. I think it's just 2014. You just have to step up. This it's the it's the best. I won't say the best form, but I will say it is a great way to converse with multiple people to stay up to date with what's going on. I just think it's you know. I think that's I think it's the way to go. So I am team text. Let's make it happen. And I'm team talk and if you uh if you text me and I don't respond, no, charge to my head and not my heart. I still love you. <laughs> I can't keep up with you. Well you guys definitely let us know how you feel about this talking versus texting thing. If you prefer to talk, let us know. If you prefer to text, let us know how you feel about it. I just have a feeling that Team Texas is going to win. Again, I'm going to make Yeah, because make it very this generation clear. doesn't know how to communicate. We are great. We are the communication generation. Before, yes, when something happens millions of miles away, thanks to Twitter, Facebook, and text messaging, you can get it instantly. You know exactly what happens when it happens. We are the communication generation. All right. Blank there. Blank there. <laughs> well, guys, that was our main topic. Moving on, we actually want to implement something new for you guys. Uh, we yes. brunch culture, as we we said we said before, you guys know we are here to have those brunch dispo- those brunch discussions. We want you guys to also be very well equipped to be the professional that you want to be, to be the best professional that you can be. So periodically what we're going to do is have a professional tip that we're going to throw out. Now, these are going to be about a array of topics. They can be from professional dress, for resume tips, 
uh, for interviewing tips, for ways to network, uh, places that may be having career fairs or ways to just kind of diversify yourself as a professional. Look for those things. And today, we our very first professional tip that we're going to introduce is about networking and particularly a different type of networking. We all know that network, networking is important as young professionals. We all talk about it. We know that that's the way that you get to the next level, figure out what you want to do. We want to talk particularly about authentic networking. There's networking that everybody knows, and then there's authentic networking. Uh, networking is a very, very powerful tool, but I, I'm starting to notice even myself being around other young professionals, going to happy hours, going to social events, I realize it's easy to miss the mark. We miss the mark and we think that networking is simply knowing somebody, being introduced to somebody and feeling that you know them, having their number in your phone, having their email address, being connected to them on LinkedIn. You have a quote-unquote network, but if it's not an authentic uh, relationship, you haven't spent time talking to that person more in-depth, having a one-on-one conversation, you don't necessarily know that person. You know of that person. And so ways that you can do authentic, you can have authentic networking is once you get that number, once you get that contact, that email, that LinkedIn, schedule a coffee date simply 30 to 45 minutes before you're going into the office, ask that person to meet you at Starbucks meet you at a coffee shop, a breakfast spot, and literally it's called a coffee date, but literally all you're doing is setting up a time for you guys to meet, have one-on-one personal conversations, get to know what that person is interested in, what they're actually doing, and figure out what, you know, what you can learn from that person and just be able to share a bit of yourself. Um, That's truly the way that we can network, and that's how we really start to build our professional friends and a true network. So, That's what it is for this week. We have authentic networking. Make sure you guys do that, and you want to network with people that are tangible, not just the CEOs, the managers, or high people of a company. You want to do it with the circle and the people that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. So I challenge everybody this week, call up a coworker or somebody that, you know, you kind of know, but you've never actually had a one-on-one conversation with. Ask them to head to lunch with you or do coffee in the morning and just sit down, have a good conversation, and really build that network. Yes, that's that's good advice, Randall, good advice. Um, We're going to move to our random topic. Random topic. So today's random topic is pretty random, pretty sad, pretty disheartening, um, pretty sickening is another adjective to describe it. Okay, so a man was convicted and gets five years in prison for raping a puppy. They call him the puppy rapist. Now, I just, I don't even know what to say. He is a, James Bull is his name, 62 years old, pleaded guilty to a felony and a misdemeanor and animal cruelty and um, misdemeanor and sexual activities involving animals. Um, he was sentenced to five years, as I said previously, and on March 18th, this was the disturbing part, 
Two of his neighbors came forward claiming that they had seen him fondling a dog's private on several occasions with the dog yelling and crying. And at one point, one neighbor was near his apartment and reportedly caught him having sex with the dog. When, they, when, the, when Bull saw him, he pulled up his pants and put the dog down. I, they went to his house. This is what, this is what made me laugh. Uh, they went to his house and they saw that his dog was chained and she was, um, she had no water, no shelter, no food. And they said that she showed physical signs of sexual abuse, skittish and obviously afraid. Because I was like, did they interview the dog? (laughs) (laughs) That's what really caught my eye because that made me laugh. But, yo, this is not a uh, laughing matter. (laughs) I'm trying not to laugh, but I'm just like, dude, seriously, puppy stuff? Like, yeah. It's, uh, so this topic in general is just weird, and I I don't know. I want (laughs) to say that maybe this guy has to have some form of, a a mental issue, a mental illness, I really just don't understand it. But apparently this is actually a thing. Apparently, you know, there are organizations that advocate for animals that are, you know, raped, molested, sexually abused. I just don't get it. I think that, you know, these uh, – I really just don't understand it. I (laughs) – Hearing this story in general, it's like you kind of want to laugh, but then I'm like, wait a minute, but it's an animal, but then what even brings you to look at an animal that I just completely <laughs> don't understand? Like, I'm confused. I'm really confused. I just, I don't get it at all. I couldn't even imagine being a juror, juror on the jury <laughs> during this case. What? I couldn't do it. I I couldn't. I would have had to tell them I can't do it. Y'all don't have yeah. to do it with me. I can't. I, perhaps the minute that I found out what the case was about, I probably just been like, hey, you know, I don't. It's not that I have a bias. It's just that I don't really know. I just I'm lost. <laughs> I probably <laughs> in, in, in watching an attorney try to defend his his side. I think I would probably just sit there like I'm lost. Um, I have more questions as to how we even got to this point and what would even make you think that opposed to, like, whether you were doing it or justified in doing it. Like, I just, I'm just completely lost in the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. Well, we're going to leave you this week with today's quote of the week. Um, today's quote of the week comes actually from a Bible verse, Proverbs 27:21. It says, the purity of silver and gold is tested by putting them in the fire. The purity of human hearts is tested by giving them a little fame. And we all know people who cannot handle fame. As soon as they get a little bit of fame, a little bit of popularity, it goes to their head and they, they, now they, they're big headed, prideful. And we're like, you're not even nobody yet. Most definitely. I think, I think we all know that. And I think just in terms of our circle to try to make, to, make sense of it in terms of what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. It's not about them being famous. It's about their popularity. When people start to get known, whether it's in the office, outside the office, in a, on the social scene, 
even in a church group, you know, they just start to act a little different. Like, it's about me. And it's like, hey, people just kind of know you. You still the same, you know, Joe Schmo that you were yesterday. You just, people just know your name. Chill out. Like, it ain't that big a deal. Yeah. So, yeah, don't get caught up in the hype and don't um, start drinking the Kool Aid. Remain <laughs> humble. Remain humble. Right. But uh, we thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Join the conversation by hashtag BC. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash brunchculture, Instagram, instagram.com slash brunch underscore culture, facebook.com slash brunch culture. And remember, all of our social media sites and past episodes are on brunchculturebc.com. Again, that's brunchculturebc.com. And And one thing thing before we end, the hashtag is is hashtag chatbc, hashtag chatbc. Go ahead. Yes, thank you for correcting me. And at brunch culture, everything is up for discussion.